Is this your first show in the Netherlands? Uh, it's not my first show in Netherlands, but it's my first headlining show in Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a big deal always because yeah. like Amsterdam is one of the... Do you see it as one of the also big entertainment hubs of Europe? Um, yeah, there's a few um, artists from here that I um, I used to like and follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have any examples? Um, yeah, I mean, recently I really like Sevdaliza. Uh, I don't know if she's from Amsterdam, but I think she's in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, okay. I really like what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think back in the days I used to uh, cover the band The Gathering. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, yeah. so I, I yeah. don't know if they're from the city, but yeah. Are there some people you're looking to, I mean, are you looking to collaborate maybe with some Dutch artists? Because you, you mention always that people always say yeah you're a tunisian singer but you consider yourself a global person yeah like a lot of, a lot of people these days maybe because we're not really held by borders and especially with social media and such so it's easier to get in touch with yep so are you looking to work with a bunch of artists from from different countries you don't limit yourself uh yeah absolutely i would love to i think um the more collaborations uh, there is in the artistic field and not necessarily uh, between um, music artists, but um, other forms. Like I, I really love um, dance um, and uh, contemporary dance. And um, there's um, a few artists. I think there's an artist that he's based here, Sidi Larbi Sherkawi. I think mm. he's based here. Uh, or maybe in Belgium, I'm not sure. But um, I think, yeah, definitely... Collaborations are something that can enrich artists themselves and their audiences. Okay, so I'm going to take it back here. Um, so the first time I read your name, you were on the list of uh, I Managed to uh, Get a Scene, and our band got on this list for, I th- believe it was Beehype, and that's when I saw your name the first time, and I was listening to all the people on the list, and yours was the most, came the closest to them in the sense of you, you use Arabic, incorporate Arabic, Sounds with Western electronic sounds with spit dark as well. And then when I mentioned I'm going to interview you, he, my artist said, oh, I saw her in 2012 in the amphitheater in Amman, oh, in Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first time I thought it was really cool. So from then, could you walk us through what, what, what happened? Like you, you had the Tunisian revolution. Mm-hmm. And then that's, could you walk us through what, what happened there and how it got discovered and how it started? Um, so I um, released my first international album in 2012, and then I toured with it worldwide, 2012 and 2013. It's uh, it's an album that I uh, have been writing uh, between 2000 from 2008 until 2009, 2010, and in 2011 I started. 2010 I started uh, working on the production. And then the revolution came, um, and then the album was released, and um, there were a lot of uh, connections because a lot of the songs that I wrote on this album um, were about revolution from the early years before uh, the actual movement, uh, the actual first spark started. Um, I was really working on trying to develop mentalities and uh, awaken consciences, uh, mm-hmm. in people in order to believe in themselves and uh, trust their um, ideas. Um, 
And after that, uh, so I toured for some time. And um, I, um, in the meantime, I moved to New York and um, I had a, a baby mm-hmm. and started working on my, thank you, and I started working on my uh, second album uh, where I I think I uh, pushed my sound further and um, really um, opened myself to this world that's um, very um, uh, cinematic and uh, also electronic and uh, a lot of um, a lot of it was also inspired by North African tribal rhythms and instruments, um, and then I toured with that as well. Um, and then I, in the summer of 2016, I started uh, before the last album was released. I started work on this new album, um, and for this new album, I decided to write in English mm-hmm. um, to um, uh, explore another side of myself and probably the. Uh, side that um, I really uh, see uh, the most of myself in, um, and uh, but this time I, there's not much um, North African instruments or um, Oriental mm-hmm. um, influences. It's mostly just you know um, world, <laughs> yeah, uh, worldwide uh, album, uh, and even more cinematic than the one before. Um, but I think the um, uh, biggest inspiration on the album and the biggest uh, source of of, um, of music was nature. Nature, yeah. And that's very evident in the uh, music videos you're doing. It's always uh, open spaces, very, there's a lot of nature in there. And uh, the colorful the colorful shows, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit. But I wanted to touch upon this whole, because you did your album in English. And that's, do you think that's like a um, a way for also Middle Eastern artists or artists from anywhere outside of the West maybe to break through in the West? Like, well, what is the biggest struggle you found maybe in breaking through to the West? And what are you doing about breaking through? Um, I think the biggest struggle is to be able to just be ourselves because I feel that there's, um, there's always this uh, um, definition uh, that's ready to be put <laughs> mm. on us. Yeah. Like labels. Um, exactly. Mm. Um, and even like uh, um, beyond labels, it's really like the uh, the way to define yourself. Um, and I think that's a very important uh, um, self-expression. And uh, I feel very oppressed sometimes when, when I feel that I can't define myself uh, through my music and through my self-expression. But uh, I feel that there's... Um, expectations so a lot of the time your <laughs> your only choices is to navigate between stereotypes misrepresentation or invisibility mm. so um, I found it very challenging especially for me that with the name that I'm carrying and the um, the heritage I feel that um, a lot of the times the western medias um, they're always expecting me to be uh, fulfilling their own exotic mm, uh, idea yeah. of who I m- could be. Um, like I have to carry uh, a flag, the flag of my country, of my ethnicity. And uh, uh, when there's no exotic expectations, it's political expectations. So I have yes. to always talk about politics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think everything is about politics one way or the other, but... 
um, I don't have to be a political reporter. You know, I'm a, no, I'm a musician, um, and I, I'd like to um, to just um, uh, help people to see me as I am and as I'm singing. So maybe this album in English was a way for me to break uh, the boundaries so that there's no more false excuses. Yeah. For people to stop, because usually, even when people like, and, and, and I, I'm not talking about people, because audience is such a broad concept, yeah. and I feel that the audiences can't can't even if they can have expectations, you can just stand and sing and play, and then they can only um, consume and uh, and vibrate with what you're offering them, and it's true mm -hmm. and it's raw, so um, there's no artificial. Uh, anymore um, but it's with the medias unfortunately that um, sometimes they would just stop uh, with the language and they don't so that way for me it's a, it, it was a way to make myself more transparent mm -hmm. because in a way um, being discovered in a, in a political sphere and having a political album did give you a boost but at the same time that's not what you're about necessarily you don't want to only write political, you're not a political um, artist, let's say, maybe just, you're just an artist who's expressing herself in many ways, not just about politics. Yes, exactly. So, like, I, it, it seems as if those events have fabricated yeah. uh, a persona, uh, and that persona is, 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 is that only, but actually I fabricated the events and I fabricated uh, the, the persona that accompanied what happened. Like I worked on the revolution theme much uh, ahead of when the revolution happened. I didn't mm -hmm. even think that a revolution would happen, but um, I'm not, I'm not going to stop there. For me, the revolution is a, it's a very broad theme and uh, it can be explored um, and expanded in, in many, um, in many different spheres. Mm -hmm. And, so y you mentioned your uh, album, the, f the first one you worked on since maybe 2008. You were working on a very long period of time. And what I noticed with artists, usually they, when you give them all the time and they're working on their passion project, basically, it comes out to be really good. So the first project is hard to follow up because then you get the pressures and then you get the pressure you have to produce and they have to release an album now. So do you deal with those pressures? How do you deal with it? Does it influence you? Does it... I mean, what I'm saying is probably, is it affecting you creatively, negatively, or? Um, I think the, the biggest pressure that is put upon me is my own pressure because mm. uh, I'm a very, um, I'm a very uh, ambitious person. Uh, I'm a very ambitious artist and uh, I try to remain curious and I try to explore um, other forms of art around me. I try to go see shows and it's not only like uh, listening to other music but also see art and dance and exhibitions and movies and that helps me that helps I think my ambition uh, stay quite um, interesting and quite mm -hmm. high so I put the pressure on myself to be able to innovate and not only innovate in my own field in my own um, uh, thing, but innovate uh, in a way that um, I hope my music would still be valid and and, and uh, relevant many 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 years from now. Yeah, yeah, because the music sphere I th feel has been changing a lot quicker at a quicker rate than it has been in the past. Where I now every yes. year there's a trend, and every year there's a trend. Every and you six mentioned months. 
even six months yeah <laughs> that's yeah i mean and you you mentioned on uh yeah that interview at on al jazeera that i watched and yeah you were saying you, a lot of times you get booked you feel like you get booked because you are uh, it's a topic now women and uh muslim women artists yes. and stuff like that <laughs> and that is a bit frustrating maybe well sometimes yeah i get these bookings in in wonderful places and mm-hmm good festivals and um i get very excited because i'm like okay my music has crossed <laughs> yeah. has crossed over and then i see like the the theme of the year is actually is uh, uh, you know islamic arts or or you know or yeah. uh, revolution voices or which which i don't mind i'm very proud and happy to be part of any movement and i identify with so many different things Uh, and I'm not ashamed of any parts of no. my uh, my culture is like so diverse, but that's not uh, what I what I want to only be. I also yeah. want to be just recognized as a um, um, an artist or sometimes even like a pioneer because I think I'm um, offering uh, something very new to to the global music. Yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone who's uh, quite doing what you're doing, honestly, and that's why. Well, I was really excited to have you on the show as well because it's it's a new genre maybe because genres aren't really genres the way they used to be. You can be, you know, there's no name for it anymore. You just do multiple songs. Um, I think someone like modern Post Malone maybe also was doing this. Uh, the hip-hop heads are angry at him for culturally appropriating hip-hop, but he's not just hip-hop. He does you know, all, all kinds of music you can go into rock it doesn't matter there's no borders anymore and that's what's nice about it to me what's interesting is the way people are incorporating all these world musics adding these western elements maybe to make it a little bit uh, more appealing to a wide audience but you know why limit yourself because that's what's creating great art right uh, now yeah exactly and one of my biggest uh, inspiration is Kanye West mm-hmm. um, because when 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 he produces he's in contact with so many different people from so many different spheres yeah. from electronic music world and he incorporates all these different samples sometimes like from world music sometimes from <laughs> you know um church music and now it's like, a gospel album yeah it's 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 three for me it's like 360 degrees you know like yeah. sometimes it, at times it's dark uh, at times it's like very introvert and sometimes it's like very pop sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know gospel yeah. and uh that's how i that's how i see music because i grew up listening to um classical european european music like beethoven okay. and then i uh, louis armstrong and like old jazz mm-hmm. and blues and then some um thir- uh, 30s uh, from the 1930s um tunisian jewish music so okay. i feel like i'm a mix and then when i started making my own choices i used to be very fond of Celine Dion and then I moved to metal and then I used to also perform and cover Alanis Morissette and The Gathering and mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just like I well it was a little bit too much but <laughs> a lot but you notice I mean you draw inspiration from everyone and it doesn't you know you don't have to sound like these people you can take some elements maybe in your brain it clicks like oh I think this style could work with that and you know yeah yeah this uh, i i when i started my metal band i felt that wait what year was that was that was in in uh, it was in the early years in in yeah Mm. it was in the early 2000s it was like my first time being a singer on stage and uh, we started doing like these shows um but um i felt i felt there were 
strong connections between goth and metal music and classical European music, yeah. which are from like completely different eras. But I always feel that there's like some common soul to it, and I and I carry both souls to with me today in the music that I do now. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, very interesting, and also in Tunisia we have a lot of uh, we have this instrument that's uh, the, the bagpipe, which is an, a Celtic yeah. instrument. So this this gotta be like somebody who traveled from one part to the other. I don't know who inspired. Do you always start <laughs> researching like who um, where that came from? You find um, it interesting. Not, to see. not really, not really. But it's a very interesting connection, and somehow sometimes m- people say that my voice is a little bit Celtic. You know, some of yeah, my no, melodies. It, it, yeah. Um, With so the, the the high notes, the soulful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So in the end, you know, like uh, those things are just more powerful than than us, and that's a very beautiful mm-hmm. message, especially in the. Um, in the seas that are that we're uh, uh, traveling today's uh, to nowadays, uh, with all like people back to being conservative and back to being a little bit racist and back to be like back to be a little bit like close and you know rejecting. Yeah, people are scared of the unknown, is what it is. I think exactly. But like uh, music, yeah. music expl- explores that and, and exposes like uh, the uh, the unknown. And after all, it's not that unknown because it's just like it travels from one heart to the other. So yeah. I feel like that's 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 why it is. It's the the true uh, the most truthful thing. Mm-hmm. It's the pure the purest form of art, I guess. Yes. It, yeah. And um, I wanted to ask you about. Um, your 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 upbringing in Tunisia. You said you had um, you uh, you know it's quite uh, liberal actually. They you have factions in, in Tunisia. You have the they have conservatism, but then they also have a liberal uh, people. The way it is in Jordan, the way I was raised as well. It's like people don't often see the very liberal the uh, you know side of things. Did you watch um, the, uh, Jin on Netflix by for any chance? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. No. I heard of it, and I was, I was, uh, I was planning to watch it, and then I totally forgot. So thank mm-hmm. you for reminding me. I have to. Yeah. So, you know, nece- not necessarily the story. So I have, I have a lot of critiques on the on the story, honestly. <laughs> but um, what what I found really interesting, and I think that was their goal, was exploring uh, that side of the culture that people don't usually see, or that maybe a lot of conservatives try to hide of an open-minded culture, and uh, you know, the youth that goes out, they do party, they do drink, and all such such things and it created this backlash where people were commenting and saying it, it like exposed hypocrisy a bit yes you know uh, because people were like yeah i can relate to this this is my upbringing i can't relate to the old arabic movies and then others came out like no this is not an accurate representation of Jordanian culture you're ruining us and giving it bad reviews and all <laughs> so <laughs> you see there's all this, this struggle right and uh how, how how did you experience that maybe growing up yeah, I mean, like, you know, in the end, like, this is all, yeah, so much hypocrisy because the human being likes to party. Every human being likes to, you know, enjoy themselves and, and and uh, uh, you know, and, like, enjoy um, sex and enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. like, whether boy who li- boys who like boys or, you know, boys who like girls. Like, in happen, the end, yeah. you know, like, uh, behind curtains, everybody does the same things. And yeah. everybody has the same aspirations but somehow like we try to hide that and i think it's also due to because the societies and the world have always been controlled um by men and still Mm. to this day so i feel like the day we will achieve parity and like women will be completely in control 50 50 in every field 
uh, I think the world will be much brighter I, I, mm. uh, and, and the world will be much more equal to everybody. That's interesting um, saying that because uh, you say the so the patriarchy maybe. Yes. The the male male controlled world is yes. what ultimately, if you go back, does lead to the heavy conservatism, right? Yes. Because it's all about oh, um, there's the double standard. Yeah. Like men men are doing something, they're hooking up with a girl, it's fine. Yeah. Girl does it, and she gets shunned. Yeah. Right? Especially in those societies. In that sense, I think you might find it interesting, actually, Jin. Yeah, it yeah, exposes I, I'm that. Actually, yeah. Ignore the story, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, Maybe you like it, I don't know. Yeah, but, it's because yeah. it's, it's, it's the same things in, 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 in Tunisia, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's like this project that I might work on um, about this cafe uh, somewhere like in the, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, people from different cultures, people from countries and like, you know, it's this nightlife and you have like many hi- stories happening at the same time. And it reminds me many clubs in in Tunis um, mm. when I when I used to uh, when I used to live there and like uh, this club where there's bands playing every night and every night there's a different style of music and then you see this microcosm of these young people and like mm-hmm. somebody is just uh, breaking up, somebody making out, somebody mm-hmm. you know enjoying themselves, somebody like being in trance and. You know, in the end, that's that's what life is about. You know, you wanna, just, yeah, you, you wanna to enjoy and ex- and express, uh, you know, your inner self and and create. And I think art is is the only f- uh, thing that can can save the human soul. Yeah, well, people always, you know, they judge judge these people for what they watch and what they listen to. I guess. You yeah, know? and uh, that's the root of it all. And uh, I feel bad for this. Like, I feel I feel bad for the. People that do suppress themselves out of fear, who who are always the most vocal ones about uh, not oppression. I want to say about being conservative, um, because you you know they'd enjoy this music <laughs> and this yes, movie. Yes. You know they do behind closed doors, but they can't <laughs> yes. can't admit it. So yeah, so you you grew up in that uh, in that culture where it's a mix between there's conservatism and liberal. How was it, uh, did you, when did you realize that your aspirations for music, that you could make something out of it? Um, I think I've always, uh, I've always been strongly connected to art and I've always wanted to express myself through art. So it has always been somehow obvious to me that that's the thing that I was born to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that uh, I'm... Um, I'm the most uh, 100% myself and that's the thing that I'm most efficient and that's the thing that will help me connect with other people and help mm-hmm. people uh, bring the best part in, them, in themselves from a very uh, um, early age. Okay. And because um, I can understand if you're growing up there, uh, you have musical ambitions, you don't, you're not sure that you can make a living off it at that point. Uh, did it take moving to, is it, when you moved to Paris that you really felt uh, that there were opportunities there or also in Tunisia? Um, I started uh, playing shows with my with my metal band and then I decided to start my own path. So I mm-hmm. learned to, to play guitar and then I started playing my own shows and I really felt um, there was uh, a lot of um, uh, encouragement. I felt that uh, crowds really liked uh, what I liked. So I felt that if I continue to do what uh, uh, makes me passionate and what I what makes me uh, very emotional, I think I I'm on the right 
mm-hmm. I'm on the right side of things. And uh, so I explored that and then I started writing my own songs and started having musicians. And I had a few opportunities here and there in small theaters in Tunis. And I really felt the same thing. I felt that I had a power and I had a, a talent that um, really was uh, special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, little by little, I believed more and more in myself. And then eventually I started feeling that uh, I really had to travel abroad. I really had to go to Paris, okay. which was the closest uh, opportunity to me and to most of Tunisians. Um, and the language at that point. Um, yes, of course. It's uh, the language, it's the culture. Did you speak English then? Well, um, like fluently or? I mean, I studied English at uh, university, but mm-hmm. I, um, and I sang a lot in English, actually. That's the language mm-hmm. that I started singing in mostly. Um, um but uh i wasn't really fluent in english speaking i it was just i i knew how to have a conversation yeah. but mostly i knew how to sing really well in english and that was a language i really liked to sing in and then eventually i started i found my own thing in writing in tunisian and tun- writing tunisian lyrics and sometimes in arabic which was also uh, literary arabic we started at school and i have a, a good Um, I, I'm good at, mm-hmm. at uh, Arabic, so I started like creating my own thing and so- singing my own songs, but eventually I think English was always somehow part of me yeah. and the, 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 most of the music that I was influenced by. Yeah, that, uh, that's the thing. Uh, but what, what do you think was the, your, turning, your turning point maybe, like the point where you really broke through and really went after this 100%? Because there was also the, um, this is after you're already touring, but uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, did you think that played any role as well? or In me singing in English? Um, no, in uh, uh, just in uh, breaking through as a global artist, oh, maybe. Um, yeah, I think definitely, um, I think definitely, well, my first album and... Uh, um, the connection, I mean, the strength of, of, the, of, um, of the artistic... Uh, project that I was uh, presenting to the world, um, my talent, my voice, mm-hmm. my uh, performance. Um, so I think that really uh, there were two years where um, it really exploded and I was performing all over the world. And then definitely the Nobel Peace Prize performance um, really like I think I think it it just added something that's always going to be there yeah um, but how, it, how did that happen I just received um, uh, an invitation from the this Nobel <laughs> Peace Prize Center mm-hmm. uh, in Oslo um, and um, I think I was really particularly um, I was a little bit skeptical because uh, I've never heard of something such the Nobel Peace Prize concert Oh, okay. I know the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, it uh, was a separate... It wasn't at the awards itself? So it was... For me, personally, it was two things. Usually, the Nobel Peace Prize hold, holds a concert the day after the ceremony uh, <laughs> where they invite artists to perform on the big stage. Yeah. And so I was... Initially, I was invited for that, but then they said that they also wanted me to perform at the ceremony. Oh, that, uh, yeah, Which was, I think... I think it was the first time that they invite... An artist, because usually they have um, um, classical music and uh, uh, opera. Yeah. I mean, soprano. Usually it's like very classical yeah. uh, type of performance. And I think that was the first time that 
somebody had the idea of having like a performer that had connections to the prize itself. Mm-hmm. So I was invited to perform at city uh, at town hall and at the ceremony, which was a little bit stressful to me because I usually don't like performing at events that are not concerts. Uh-huh. So I was worried that people wouldn't receive my performance the way it should be received. But people are maybe doing their own thing and distracted or well, you, you, you were scared of being a bit back, background <laughs> music in a way? Or? Uh, Yes, yes, I was scared of that, but all, but um, also I figured that it was very too much strict and too much, um, you know, like prestigious. Yeah. And uh, for me, music like is... Like old, old men, is it <laughs> old white men, <laughs> music. <laughs> for me, music is everything but prestigious. And uh, I think I'm. Uh, that's one of the performances that I'm the most proud of because I, I was super stressed and I came on stage and there were like these... A uh, big hall of people sitting and just waiting for me <laughs> to open my mouth. And uh, my performance was going to be in Arabic. And uh, so it's a language that they don't know. Yeah. It's a music. It's the kind of music that they don't know. It's a song that they don't know. It's not like, you know, when John Legend, for example, performed a few years later, mm-hmm. where people know John Legend. That's crazy, right? You just <laughs> had the same stage, basically. Yeah, I was, I was first. <laughs> you were first, exactly. <laughs> so it was like a lot of uh, things to outcome. And um, also I had a, a 12... Uh, inch <laughs> or 12 centimeters high heels right. from the greatest uh, um, fashion designer of all times as a Dina Leia. Uh, may he rest in peace. Yeah. So it was like yeah. a few, a lot of new things to me. But then we did Just like this. all out. <laughs> Whatever. We did this like, I think, I think the best version of Kalm Tihara, the song, uh, we did the best version of it, like it was like a nine minutes version long, uh-huh. very psychedelic with electric guitar and like, you know, a little bit like it was out of this world. And uh, I really uh, felt it was a powerful um, rendition and I was very inspired because people were completely silent and they were really... 100% yeah, all ears in, in receiving. And that's the most beautiful thing when, you know, music comes, you know, from a stranger with a strange form and then the the receiver just receives the emotion of it. And, and yeah. yeah, because your show, is not just, um, your show is not just, uh, it's not a, just a musical performance. You have a whole a theatrical production almost. And no matter how big the venue is, and sometimes the smaller venues as well, it just... Uh, always has the same theme, but it's always very dark. You got the fire, you got the red <laughs> and stuff, but it's always like a show and it evokes some sort of emotion where I notice like people are just silent through it because you're just visually and all by ear also being stimulated. And I wonder what's the thing that you want people to take away from your show? Like what's the emotion or the the experience you want them to take away from your shows? Um, I think I, I, I want uh, people to allow themselves to travel in their um, purest emotions, in their pure, purest state of soul, and uh, to not have any expectations. And if they feel like dancing, they can dance. If they feel like standing, they can stand. Um, for me, like, it's, it's a very free... Um, collab- uh, collaborative moment. It's not. It's not just um, 
um, I like to create this um, this strong and intense energy. Um, but at the same time, I'm in a deep connection with, with my audience. But I also like to create this big bubble. Um, I, 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 want, I want the show to be like um, a whole thing, you know, a, like you said, something like, um, like being in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that when you leave, you have this feeling that like, oh, now I'm back in the real world, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, That's I want I to like, you know, put the real world aside and mm-hmm. have something that's like you know in connection between earth and sky uh-huh. you know like something kind Some of supernatural elevation uh, yeah okay yeah elevation elevation that's uh, <laughs> that's the right word to do uh what is um oftentimes you know when uh, you work for yourself and i and i struggle with this sometimes uh when you have your own business yourself uh sustained what what keeps you motivated like what really motivates you what keeps you waking up every day thinking yes i'm looking forward to this day uh, that's a big question <laughs> i know it's something like ever everyone struggles with and everyone deals with differently and everyone's still searching for that answer but i think a lot of the viewers and, and listeners also can uh, take away i think uh, i think mu- being a being an artist a musician um is something to look forward to every day like i look forward to record a new song i look forward to have inspiration i look forward to write to compose i look forward to be with my musicians i look forward to collaborate with people i look forward to be on stage i look forward to be on tour um sometimes it's tough because especially nowadays where everything is about numbers and all your worth is yeah. numbers so it's very pretty much capitalism Likes, you know views. <laughs> exactly so it's, it's even worse now than it used to be then oh it yeah. used to be numbers and now it's It's you have much to be on worse, all social like platforms and yeah, it's yeah. even much worse than two years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I like, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I released my last album, things it was a completely different reality. Like when you, I mean, your audience have a an easier way to trace you and to like follow what you do. But nowadays, even your own audience and your own uh, fan, fans platforms are like surrounded with many other things that for me are noise, such as like. You know, cat videos, and you have to compete with <laughs> with a fight video, and <laughs> nobody can compete with those. <laughs> It's always gonna get the most views, because um, uh, yeah, uh, Instagram was experimenting with this at some point, where they removed the likes that people couldn't see. You could see the likes you had, but other people couldn't see the likes on the posts. Yeah. Because you know, it, it creates a lot of social pressure on, on normal humans as well. Where they has been a lot of. Uh, People self-esteem issues. Uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. been suicides because of because of it. Yeah, because you and have now, this uh, fake uh, you have this fake reality where everything yeah. looks perfect, perfect, and everything looks good. And you know, I think people have just they should distance themselves, and nothing should be personal. You know, like when I release a video that doesn't get as much likes as when I released mm. uh, another stupid photo. You know, I just, you know, I try to, like, not have doubts, you know, in yeah. my uh, abilities and my own, you know, artistic um, uh, p- proposals <laughs> uh, and try to just navigate and try to also be selective and and, and just uh, use it. To, um, I like, actually, I think Instagram is a great uh, open uh, free gallery 
mm-hmm. where uh, you can strongly connect with with other artists and get uh, a lot of strong inspiration and it's important to uh, y- yeah you can connect with people a lot more easily it's 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 an open platform, so it must help you professionally as well. I think it's uh, connect with people is now like very questionable because it's uh, it's um, m- more as like uh, checking on people and see what people are doing and see if you know what you're doing and <laughs> uh, but I think people can like go beyond that and and really just get access and easier access to art when you can go to see a movie when you can go see an exhibition you can find all of that um on 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 social media so we have to i think be smart about our own use of social media okay yeah are there yeah because are there things that you don't that you consciously don't post Yeah, I mean, I don't like um, I don't like being a doll and just post photos of my face 500 times a day mm-hmm. <laughs> or like even post uh, 1,000 photos of my own face at a show. Yeah. I try to like have a concept. I try to have a, um, a personality that's, you know, down to earth. And I really try to share like the things that I find powerful and that can add to people's lives. into my own life rather than just um, be having it be about my physics and uh, the way I dress yeah, and yeah, the yeah. way I consume and the way I'm like uh, tanned and the way I have the great chance to be at the beach when it's December. I think a lot of people It's brag your life look better than it is like everyone's trying or just sometimes I don't I, I, I am against bragging if you or like the my office for the day or like the view from my office and even if you have the great opportunity to have a great office I don't think it's nice to brag on social media because mm. it's not healthy people not to show off. You know, you, you shouldn't be in love with yourself, I think, too much. <laughs> no, okay. That was, it goes for life in general as well. So uh, you became a mother. Mm-hmm. And then how, does that, how has that changed you personally as well as maybe creatively or your career as an artist? Has it influenced you in any way? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Um, it's uh, certainly, you know, it's like... One among other things that uh, participate in my uh, brain growth mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and my maturity, I think um, what I like about growing older is uh, becoming more mature and more uh, gaining more confidence and mm-hmm. gaining more assurance and uh, also gaining more um, um, I think I'm um, I'm more and more um, how to say that. Um, I forgot the word uh, for like uh, to uh, to have more to have more courage to go further and mm. uh, is it because and try you know new you're things for them sorry is it because you feel like you're also now you know working for them and they're the top priority the kids I wouldn't say like sometimes they are the top priority sometimes uh, I think you have to find a balance you know mm. but your kids can't be the top the absolute top priority like 100% of the time because it's not true because we are mm. human beings and we uh, I mean I do have goals and I have a career and uh, 
um, also being you have your top priority has to be a mother, succeed in being a mother, but also try to succeed to be a woman, try to succeed mm-hmm. to be a daughter, try to succeed to be <laughs> a wife, uh, a good artist, a good friend, uh, you know, a It's good sister. Rare. So there's, <laughs> I think the, the the top three has to be mother, wife, uh, woman slash, you know, artist. And, no boxes. Uh, it you depends. Don't have to be put in a box. <laughs> it depends. One week you are better, you know. Like you can't be good at these things all the time. You know, you you, you got to balance your 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 professional life and your per, your personal life and all that while trying to grow. Because now I feel like you're in the prime of your career where you're getting the busiest and booked the most. I guess. And I think yeah. Well, I think this album. Um, I wish that I would have uh, got here, gotten here earlier. Mm. Uh, because now I really feel like this is this is really who I am, and I feel like I'm just getting started. So I think, yeah, I think I'm really getting to a point where uh, it is the most interesting that I've ne- that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, there's no timing on this. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, you you got here now. You just have to take it, take it, take it step by step. I guess that's what we can take away is that. Uh, life has no timing like people always say you have to be maybe stable by 30 you have to be married by this age or whatever but that's not the case and especially these years nowadays in the you know in the 2000s late to 2010s there's no like everyone's priorities have changed yeah. everyone's uh, path has changed this whole stigma is being removed do you feel that as well yeah definitely definitely like i feel i'm uh, you know I'm 360 degrees different than uh, when I when I when I started singing, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. like over 10 years ago. Um, but I don't know. Some people like know exactly what they're doing from like their first album, yeah. and then I don't know. I I think um, I think it's yeah. It's good to be more relaxed about time and just you know not care and just like you know. The, mo- the, the most important is to remain rele- uh, relevant, you know, with your time and yourself. Yeah. Do you have any guilty pleasures that you uh, want to share <laughs> in terms of music or TV shows or whatnot? Um, yeah, I do have some guilty pleasures like everyone else. I like sometimes to watch um, for the 100th time one of... Uh, Friends episodes. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, but everyone has that guilty pleasure. Nobody admits it. <laughs> Or to like revisit very old TV shows like Breaking Bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's not that's not a guilty pleasure, I believe. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad or, is cool. Or watch like a stupid uh, uh, French sitcom on the but road. No, but no reality TV or anything. Um, or do you watch really? I mean, I, I don't mean the singer songwriter stuff, but maybe <laughs> the trashy. <laughs> TV shows. I um, well, I I like to um, I like to listen to some very uh, cheesy pop stuff sometimes. Like Spice I, <laughs> like I watched uh, this movie Teen Spirit in the plane. Oh okay. And uh, I mean, I just like the soundtrack. You know, there's uh, Robin that. and there's uh, and uh, Grimes that are not things that I would listen to normally, but I think... Um, then you're in the plane just bobbing your head and, and <laughs> yes, going crazy. Exactly, and then yeah. you always have the excuse that the plane didn't have much choice. And I, just, I had to watch this movie, you know. 
No, I like the I like the plot because you know yeah. it makes me it reminds me of the opportunities that I didn't have. You know, like it reminds me of yeah. how I felt when I was starting and how like people around me would say that I I really have a beautiful voice and that you know I'm I'm really gonna have a a big career, but at the same time like I was dreaming to go and you know, sing at a contest and be discovered and mm. uh, things didn't exactly happen like that. I had to make, discover myself yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on my own. But, uh, but I like, I like, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Like when, when you're young and you you're like, you, you feel like you're, you're very, you're like a very outcast and mm -hmm. uh, nobody can understand you. And when oh, you're, when you're singing, you become a different person. That's usually when people join metal bands and, uh, Like yeah. my first, I don't even listen to it right now, but I used to be in a punk rock band as well. And it was this whole... <laughs> That's great. But it was a bit of a, like a, maybe a false sort of rebellion because we weren't really that rebellious. Maybe <laughs> just because our school was super conservative. So we felt rebellious. Yeah, But I think it's very healthy to uh, to uh, to be in uh, metal bands. I think it's the healthiest thing because that's <laughs> release how you... Release your emotions yeah. and... Yeah, I mean, every young person have, has to be rebel. Like, I used to be very angry at my classmates and that they mm. would go to school every day and I was never able to get them out and just go uh. and <laughs> explore the world. I think it's it's not healthy uh, when you're growing up and going to high school to not rebel, you know, mm, over... Because, no. like, the, the system and the models that we're were pushed to be and are not are not necessarily like the right the rightest thing no what yo, well, yeah what do you think about these schools in the states there's a lot of schools that are now completely anti you can't even yell at someone anymore it's super like we don't want any conflict at all but then when these kids the arguments when these kids leave the schools into the real world they're gonna s struggle because the, you're you're put in this little institution where nobody's allowed to even say anything mean to each other and then you go outside and you read instagram comments you know well it's very uh it's difficult for me because the school that i know like i a lot of the times you were scared from the teacher and like there's mm. a lot of like dictatorship that's the other extreme so, yeah. exactly it's the other extreme and um well i, I think during that, those times kids weren't weren't that that much that much mean to each other i think we we're all like we're struggling a lot with uh, so authority we didn't have like the the brain to like really go wild mm. oh i mean of course so there were like there were a lot of mean things like later on when you get older and like people like teaming against you and mm. you know everybody so i i agree like i think i think school should be should be like in, in a good environment for young for children to express you know themselves and, mm -hmm. and not like be bullied and because i i, I do i do share like bullying yeah, is very is bad like, yeah bullying is really bad and it goes to <laughs> a lot of extremes now where kids just Because they live on the internet, basically. They don't even realize that these are real lives they're affecting. And they think, like, yeah, it's just... You start feeling like a life is like a movie or something. And that's yeah, where I think like internet it's getting worse is now. Because now you got the internet bullying and psychological bullying more than the physical. Which I think, yeah, I think internet is a very bad thing for, for, for young people. I, I mean, if I, w if I can, I would not, you know, give my daughter the opportunity to have a, a social, like, m media thing yeah. before she's 18 and even like a, f a, f a, f a, um, a mobile before she's 18 because I think it's not necessary no, it actually isn't. Uh, so. and when I think back it wasn't necessary I would get my parents mobile <laughs> when I would go to the mall and you know 
but then again you have to find the balance because they want to be because they need to be connected to their friends and they all have it and they say mom but my friend has a social media and she has a yeah a that's it's it's very so it's tough like i mean tough, it's uh, for me it's scary as a parent it's really scary because i see now there's like even in tv shows you see kids having mobiles since they're yeah. six years old and um i don't think it's healthy <laughs> But it was perfect, you know, like it was like you occupies your whole face and you hear very well. And I could change the face of it, like the where the numbers were, I could change it red or yellow or green. So. Those were the things back in the, back in the day that was, you know. Nokia 3310. <laughs> that, was my, that was my next phone. That was the best. <laughs> Is that, I have that? Is that the, the one that doesn't break? Yeah. Exactly. That's the one that I had, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. my first one. Uh, lastly... We can go on forever, but uh, what is a, a song that you wish you had wrote? Someone else released that you wish you had wrote? Oh, I know that. Uh, uh, there's many of them. <laughs> um, you can name as many as you want. <laughs> I think I wish I wrote uh, the song um, um, Bad Guy from Billie Eilish. Or, oh, now we're going yes. yeah, really modern. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I wish I, yeah. That's such a s efficient song. It's like awesome. Yeah. And she's one of those people that broke boundaries now in the, in her music style as well. She's not in a in a box either. Yeah, yeah. I I really I like I really like her. That's um, also what she wears. She says right uh, where she wears the the baggy clothes and everything. She says yeah. I don't want to be judged by my physique or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just no. doing her thing. It's awesome. I mean, unfortunately, not every. A young person like that can become what she became because obviously there's always like something between beh uh, mm. behind the scenes yeah. where you have like stronger connections. But it's a very uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's like when Sinead O'Connor, you know, became who she became. You know, mm. it's like super refreshing for for people. Like it's normal. Yeah. You know, uh, I also wish so. There's a song that I sing and that I wrote Arabic lyrics on. It's um, It's originally like a, a gypsy song, I think, from the movie Vengo. Uh, I think it's originally actually a very old Greek song. It's called Nasi en Alamo. And I um, wrote um, a religion Arabic, uh, Nasi in Palestina, which mm -hmm. I became really known for. And people yeah. really love to listen. So I wish I... Actually, I uh, wrote the music of that song. It's such a beautiful, it's one of the most beautiful songs ever that I feel like everywhere I go, people really, really love it. Like when I sing it mm -hmm. on stage, it's like this moment, wow. Because it <laughs> evokes a certain emotion. Yeah. That's why yeah, there are songs that are like extremely powerful. Right. That's for sure. So is there anything you would like to uh, to say or to promote still? Uh Yourself, well, go listen to my that? new album. <laughs> Everywhere we looked was burning. Uh, see my uh, three videos that I released from this album on my YouTube channel, ML with E M E M E L Matluti, and um, yeah, that's it. 
Thank you very much. We appreciate you coming through. Thank you so much.